take your seats, turn to the person maybe beside you, next to you, behind you, in front of you, and say, hey, good to see you today in church. That's good. Okay. Well, we're going to continue in this series, series God is for me. And uh, I just want to encourage you that uh, just as we've been singing, but you need to be reminded that God is for us. But the fact is that we just don't keep that to ourselves. The promise of, of that is that we can also encourage others that God is for them. God is for them, not against them. Sometimes the picture people get is that God is this big ogre in heaven, basically, and uh, just wanting to make life difficult. So anyway, I just want to encourage you just to take these messages, this, these few messages, and just think about how you can actually outwork that in your conversations today. In fact, a lot of the data coming back after COVID suggests that, that while people may not initiate reattending or coming back to church, or even considering church for the first or second time, what is happening is that we've known this, but even more so now, with an invitation, people are very much more inclined to now come to church. This is a wonderful window of opportunity for us, for all of us. I was speaking with a lady this week, uh, and we were just sharing. I met her just a little while ago, and we were just sharing. And she said to her husband, husband was reading some scripture to her at night, and she said, you know, I think I, I need to go to, I think I would like to go to church one day. And he said, well, if you consider doing that, you are, I'll, I'll come with you. So as I'm speaking with her, I said, receive this as my personal invitation. You are more than welcome to come and visit with us. For as long, as little as you like, you're more than welcome. We'd love to see you and your husband and whoever else that may include. So just remember to say it. Often we think it, but we think, no, who am I? But say it because you just don't know how powerful that invitation actually may mean to somebody in their situation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the season that we are in, that you are with us as we have been singing. We are sure and certain that you are good. And we thank you for your goodness. Even when times don't seem as good or circumstances aren't feeling good, that you are good regardless. And that is what we put our hope in. We put our hope in you. So thank you, Lord, for the next few moments together. And may we all be encouraged and reminded of, of your goodness towards us in this time. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, it's interesting. I was just thinking about, I'm speaking this morning on the unshakable kingdom. And I was thinking in terms of things you have to shake. I don't know about you, but I have a few spray cans at home. And uh, a good idea is not just to get that thing and to spray it. You're going to give a good shake until you can hear the marble in there begin to rattle. When you hear the rattle, it's, it's shaken and it's ready to go. And I hope we can hear a bit of the rattle with us as well in this season because we are part of an unshakable kingdom. But at times we rattle. At times we, we, uh, we can make a noise. And so I want to encourage you this morning to be uh, assured of the fact that God is with us. It's interesting, just as I'm reading some things, it says here that uh, another thing that you shake is medicine. Who knows? That's, that's true. 
I give Zoe a particular uh, uh, oil joint uh, most days for her, and I give it a shake, and she sees me. As soon as I go for that bottle, she's already realising she's ready to get up, because once she gets that, she gets her food. So it's part of the deal, and she knows automatically that that happens. Uh, interesting, on Family Feud, I read that name something you shake before using. One, number one top answer was salad dressing. Number two uh, was sauce. Didn't really think I'd do that. Whipped cream? Yeah. Hairspray? Who does that? I don't know. Okay, I do wear gel, but maybe it's a type of different form of hairspray. Anyway, and last one was shaving cream, but anyway, uh, no, I don't do that either. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, there's certainly a lot of shaking going on around our world right now. And I, I want to speak into that because as we've been singing, I want to remind you who you are. Because who you are matters to where you go and, and who you come into contact with. And often uh, I feel there's a, a wake-up call for the church. You ever had to wake someone up? Uh, you've got to be careful doing that sometimes. If you wake them up too quickly, not with an air horn or anything, but if you wake them up too quickly, you could end up with a black eye. But anyway, uh, but we want to wake them up. And the deal is that we've got to stay awake. We have to stay awake. COVID has shaked the nations. The war in the UK has shaked the nations. China exercising its military might over Taiwan. It is shaking the nations. Politics is shaking. Morality is shaking. Right and wrong is shaking. Woke is shaking. Society and its influence. Uh, the cost of living is shaking. Life in itself is shaking. So what do we do? But we're reminded today of an unshakable kingdom. And while everything may shake around about us, and we may even shake, we need to be reminded of God's promise to us. Excuse me, just turn to the person next to you. So lovely to see you here today. Very good. That's great. Only a couple of people said that, so obviously some people aren't too happy. Anyway. Let's recap on a few things. A few weeks ago, I spoke about the season that we live in and how we can receive comfort in uncomfortable times. And that's so true. Uh, through the Lord in his presence, as we heard this morning, through prayer and intercession and engagement, but also uh, as we do that with, with others as well. We spoke about hearing the trumpet call, the call to regather, the call to worship, the call to heed the warnings of our times and to be prepared and ready to live for Jesus. And today we're talking about the unshakable kingdom. Let's go again to John 16, 33. Jesus said, I've told you this, so that by trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world where you, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, or be of good courage, I've conquered the world. I think it's a great reminder for all of us just in the world that we live and the people that we talk to. We're not, I'm not asking that we bunker in and we just separate and we just look after ourselves. This message, well, this series is not about that. It's about being reminded about how great and big God is and that you take that out and be the hope of the world where you go. 
when the challenges in the world is being shaken or their families are being shook, in whatever form that is, that you and I are ready with an answer. As Peter said, we are ready to engage. We're ready to speak into those moments and offer and give the hope that we have. That's why we're having a look at this series this morning. In Hebrews chapter 12 is a warning chapter. It becomes a chapter to waken the reader of this book and what's going on. It's to inspire them, to instruct them, and to inform them of what to expect as a child of God. This chapter has tremendous value and demonstrates what it looks like to have faith as a follower after God. We read in chapter 11, though, it's quite interesting, it talks about tests. Faith is tested. And and many times we see that faith led. Faith led Abraham, faith led Noah, faith led Moses. We just keep reading how faith is involved and engaged in our lives. Faith to live by, it speaks of. Faith that caused, faith that established, faith that delivered, faith that gave victory. God says even that we have faith, we can speak to this mountain. So while the world is changing, while we are trying to catch our breath, it seems as if God is not for me. Sometimes I hear those conversations. Things are going wrong. Somehow we feel like God is, is, has forgotten about us or, or why is this happening to me? Let's remember the Hebrews. This book was written to Christian folk who were being persecuted. They had forsaken Judaism for Christ and friends. They were facing bitter opposition. The concerns raised here uh, of this heavy opposition was, this, was maybe a sign that God's displeasure against them. Oh, God is against me in this sickness, in this trial, in this affliction, in this issue, in this problem, in this struggle. We can easily interpret these things as God's displeasure in us. Maybe as a means to give up or even worse, as they were tempted to go back to their Judean ways of temple and ceremonies. So we're going to just read in that context in Hebrews 12, 28, just, just mainly the verse. I'd encourage you to read the book, the chapter particularly. It says this, therefore, the last, second last verse of chapter 12 of Hebrews, therefore we must be thankful that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Because we are thankful. We must serve God with fear and awe in a way that pleases him. After all, our God is a destructive or consuming fire. I read, do not fear global warming, <laughs> uh, fear kingdom warming. <laughs> um, in his glory, the Lord is a consuming fire. So sin and sinners cannot be sustained in his presence until we are fully renewed after the image of Christ in glorification. We await to see the incompressible brightness of his divine glory of God towards us. So suffering, nor difficulty, nor opposition is a sign of God's displeasure. In fact, in Hebrews, we learn the importance of not flinching in hard times, but keep going, keep believing, keep the faith, and don't lose heart. Earlier on in this chapter 12, we read in 5 and 6, I think it is, in those verses about how God loves us so much, but as a good father, he disciplines us. But it's not displeasure, it's actually an act of love, of warning, of education, and of insight. 
The message of Hebrews reminds us that we are to walk by faith and not by sight and not by feeling. This is a life that pleases God. It motivates us to have hope as we bear under the weight of different circumstances and sufferings, trials and persecutions. We are reminded to keep going that we receive that which is promised in this life or in the next. You know that's true. Hebrews teaches us that we all have a responsibility to live up to the knowledge of Scripture, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be filled and aware of God's presence for every occasion. That's what we speak of in Renewal. Have a look at this chart on, on the wall here, on the screen. Just looking at this, and this is just me, so just uh, humour me a little bit. But Hebrews 11, 12 and 13. You can actually see the sense of where these connect in. Hebrews 11 is about faith. Growing deeper is our faith, where faith calls our value. Hebrews 12 speaks about growing stronger in our hope, which is what this chapter is, is addressing. And we learn how hope leads us through our values. And then we look at Hebrews 13, growing together in love, how love empowers us. Hey, what a great, just, just, anyway, I was just having a bit of fun with that, but I thought it sort of links in there a little bit. Uh, I just happened to see that, as I do. And maybe you can see that as you read that, that faith calls, hope leads, and love empowers. In Hebrews verse 26 of 12, it says, When God spoke to your ancestors, his voice shook the earth. Exodus 19, you can read that. In fact, they said, we don't want God to speak anymore. Moses, can, go, can you just relay what God is saying to you? The thunder, the lightning, the sound, the trumpets, all this, it's actually connected. He said, they, they said, don't do this, we're terrified. You touch the mountain and you die. So they're just like, we don't know what to do. Even Moses declares, I am terrified too. I'm terrified. You're terrified? I'm terrified. What if I don't come back, <laughs> you know? And there was a great earthquake uh, that someday they say that, well, there'll be a great earthquake. The reference is that one day there'll be a great universe quake. God will not only shake the earth, but also the heavens as well. Verse 27 says these words once more show clearly that God will change what he has made. These are the things that can be shaken. What we see can be shaken. Only the, then only the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Does that include you? I hope it does. God is not troubled by anything that is taking place now in the world. Either it's political, it's social, or it's religious fear. Nor should we be troubled. The helm is still in his hand. And Satan himself cannot so much as touch a hair of our head on our heads without his direct permission. The prophet Haggai speaks about, thus says the Lord, once more in a little while and I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and return the glory back to me, says the Lord. So the end time picture speaks about how we can know God is in absolute control of whatever is going on around about us and as I said, this is not a time to bunker down. This is a wonderful opportunity to share our faith because this is where I believe is a great opportunity. When these things happen, people will be seeking. People's sense of brokenness and loss will be even more highlighted. Here's a couple of thoughts for us in this season. 
leading up not far from Christmas and then another new year, what will 2023 be? Or 2024, what will these years bring? No one knows but God. So here's a couple of thoughts for concerning the unshakable kingdom. Is Number one, we receive, in the sense of being thankful, an unshakable kingdom. We just read that in verse 28. I love in Romans 8, 28, it says, For all things work for good for those who love God and accord according to his purpose. All things work for good. That was Paul's promise in Romans 8, 28. Despite all that he confronted, he was absolutely confident that all things work together for good for those who love God. Do you believe that? Sometimes I, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. Sometimes I'm like, this is really, I'm just not sure where God is in this picture right now. But I have to trust a scripture. I have to trust a scripture that says that God is for me. Psalm 56, 9, I think it is. It says that, that he bottles my tears and that my enemy should be afraid because my God is for me. A great promise and reminder, how we need to remind ourselves. Job says, God is wise in heart and mighty in power. Who could oppose him and win? Here's another thought. As believers, with the sense of thankfulness, did we receive that? We must be thankful. We must be thankful that we have what? Inherited or received this unshakable kingdom. But we also receive a presence kingdom. A kingdom that is manifested within us. Not out there, but in us. Luke 17, when the Pharisees were asking Jesus you know, about the kingdom and setting this up, Jesus said people can't observe the coming of the kingdom. It's neither here nor there. Don't say that. He said, so you see, the kingdom is within you. Hallelujah. The kingdom is within. It's marked and known by a life of faith. Exercises God's people do what they're called to do. A faith that works in our hearts and releases a power of God's word. It makes a way. It's not time for wishful thinking, but as the writer of our text says here in chapter 1, in our life, our life is in, our, in the Lord Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of God's promises in the Old Testament and in the New is to remind us that he rose from the dead. God is true to his word. And you and I now possess this kingdom, a spiritual manifestation of an eternal divine kingdom within us. Psalm 62.1 says, He alone is my rock and my saviour, my God. I cannot be severely shaken. We can be shaken, but not severely. Because we're part of a, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Another thought is that we receive an eternal kingdom and a kingdom to come. Luke 1, 33, your son will be the king of Jacob's people forever and his kingdom will not end. How's that? The only kingdom that cannot be shaken is God's kingdom. I take great delight in that. Through the life and the journey and the processing and living and being all that God's called me to be, everything that shakes and everything that we see will be no more one day. But what I can take assurance in is knowing that my God is for me. He is for me. And he is working in me. He's molding in me. He's making me. He's shaping me. He's molding. He is the potter as we read. But this kingdom 
Not only will it not be shaken, it cannot be shaken for its ultimate reality. Is a kingdom will know no end. Keep in mind, all other kingdoms are shakeable. The kingdom of communism is shakeable. They have to hold it all together by force. Relax the force and it falls to pieces. The kingdom of capitalism is shakeable. The kingdom of wokeism is shakeable. The kingdom of me is shakeable. Everything is shakeable, but not this kingdom. Not this kingdom. Therefore, be thankful that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I hope you believe this today. I hope that's the hope that you hold today and possess as you share it with others around about you. That's the message. Maybe when you have an opportunity this week, Lord, give me a moment this week. Give me an opportunity. Lead me this week to hear and know what your will is. Is there someone? You could be walking. You could be seeing something. And you may have to stop and go, you know what? I just want to bring encouragement to this person. Maybe someone's having a cry. Maybe someone's looking really stressed out and freaked out. Maybe you could just ask God, is there a moment in this, this where I can just share that I'm part of a kingdom, part of a family, part of the body that is unshakable? Can I do that? How can I do that? Just maybe. God's not preaching the message. He's expecting you and I to. Daniel 2.44 says, it speaks of a time when those, the God of heaven will establish a kingdom which I believe is through Jesus, that will never be destroyed. No other people will be permitted to rule it. It will smash all the other kingdoms and put an end to them. But it will be established forever. God is for me. God is for you. God is for this world. He's for people. Jesus returns for the purpose of his kingdom to be on great display for all to see. And he will rule. In the second coming of Christ, Jesus returns as a triumph warrior king. He returns to achieve, achieve the final victory. And his name, scribed within his body, says, King of kings and Lord of lords. How glorious is that? Revelation 19. At last, he places all his enemies under his feet as he launches a new creation, a new kingdom that fully reflects his righteous reign. All things begin as it relates to his birth. If the kingdom of God was central to Jesus' life and ministry, then it remains crucial to our theology and beliefs today. In Romans 8, 37, the one who loves us has given us an overwhelming victory in all these things. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who shows us that we can't be separated from death or life or angels or rulers or anything in this present or anything in this future by forces or powers of this world above or in the world below or anything else in all creation. Come on, we know this. We know it's true. Friends, this is a time to stand up. This is a time to be ready. This is a time to be alert, to hear the, the trumpet call, to be ready and available and say, God, here I am. Use me. At the beginning of chapter 12 of Hebrews, it says we must focus on Jesus. He is the source, our goal, and faith. We need to accept his invitation to possess this kingdom in its fullest degree. And receive this amazing grace that we're each walking with. 
and understand. We can be refused to be intimidated by the world, its pleasures, its pronouncements, and even its problems. And don't, don't refuse Jesus. And please don't reject his offer for you. Don't excuse yourself from answering his call. The warning in Hebrews verse 25 of chapter 12 said that you do not refuse him who is speaking. God is for me. May our hearts be encouraged and challenged. I was reading a story about to close and it was uh, one day a bus driver was driving on his normal route. Nothing out of the ordinary. No problems. A few stops along the way. People got on, people got off. However, at one stop, there was a big hunk of a man who got on. He was six foot eight. He built like a wrestler and his arms hang down to the ground. I've seen some of them guys. He glared at the driver and told him, Big John doesn't pay. Then he sat at the back of the bus. The driver was five foot three, strawny little fella, very weak. He didn't argue with Big John, but he wasn't happy about it. The next day, the same thing happened. Big John got on and again made a big show refusing to pay and sat down. It happened the next day, the next and the next, and the bus driver was getting so upset, so frustrated and irritated by this, he couldn't sleep. I've got to do something. This big John is taking advantage of me. So finally, he couldn't stand it any longer. He signed up to the local gym, joined karate, judo, and a class of finding self-esteem. Big John got in his head. By the end of the summer, the bus driver was ready and adequate and felt quite strong and thought of himself, this will be young. So next Monday, Big John entered the bus and again declared, Big John doesn't pay. Enraged, the driver stood up, glared back at Big John and bellowed out, why not? With a surprise on Big John's face, Big John said, I have a bus pass. All that work. Sometimes we get frustrated with life and annoyed and irritated. But we have a bus pass. Better still, we have a heaven's pass. We're called and set free. But we need to use it wisely. We need to live and make the most of our time. Because your faith matters. You matter. And today I hope that you can declare that you're part of a kingdom, an unshakable kingdom, that knows no end, that you, while you're living and breathing, can provide that opportunity of hope and life and reassurance. While people may not understand or that you believe, that you at least can demonstrate that whatever's happening, that someone is in control. Not you, maybe, but God. May we trust, even if we don't understand the plan, for us, the potholes or the speed bumps that we experience. But can we remember that God is for me? Let me pray as the team, worship team come up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. So easy to forget in what we're hearing and what we observe that so much is happening that we just 
we can sometimes focus so much on the end, but just be reminded that while we're here, we have a purpose. You've called us to be here, part of a kingdom that is unshakable. Sometimes we do get shaken by what we see. There are things we hear and observe that are not great. Our world is hurting, it's in pain, it's so broken, it's so lost. There's so much anger and hate out there, Lord. So in whatever way, Lord, as people isolate and try to bunker down, Lord, may we not as a church, as a kingdom folk, Father, may we not be that people. May we declare your praises. May we declare your love and the hope that we have. So help us, Lord. Help us when it feels like things can be upside down, inside out. Help us to be your light that shines in dark places. Help us to remind people that whatever's happening, that we know that you are for us. And today I pray, Lord, for anyone here who's going through a battle or a season or a challenge or a concern, maybe unsure about what is and what will be. Maybe you feel you're alone and you're afraid and, and you feel that you have no support. I pray that whoever you are today, whoever is hearing this voice, please, please don't give up. Turn to God. Run to him. Lean into him. See that he will be your deliverer. He will be your hope. He is your righteousness. I pray, Lord, today, may we be encouraged that we are part of an unshakable kingdom. We're living in a world our neighbours, our community are hurting. And Lord, while they're pretending it doesn't matter, we know it does. So help us, Lord, to be your eyes, your hands, your feet, to be incarnational in the areas that we live and to offer the hope that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're doing it tough... 